This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Do you think you may have a problem with your alcohol consumption or drug use? Are you thinking about quitting and want to know what all the sober hype is about? Whatever the reason, I'm so grateful you're here with me today. My name is Sarah, and I am the creator and host of Sober Gratitudes. I once was an active alcoholic, and after decades of failed attempts to control my drinking, I finally reached out for help. Letting others help me is why I'm here today, living a life I never thought possible. The suffering of my past was the catalyst I needed to find recovery and be receptive to healing. I created this podcast out of the desire to recover out loud and, with the help of my guests, show you how a better life is possible after addiction. Whether you have been here before or you are a first-time listener, I would be so grateful if you would take a moment to write a review on Apple Podcasts so that it can reach more people who may be struggling. Together, we can help those in need. You can also reach me at SoberGratitudes at gmail.com with any questions or comments. Thank you again for dropping in today, and welcome to Sober Gratitudes. Sober Gratitudes podcast is proud to come together and partner with Valor Fitness Clothing in our mutual mission to support and encourage the recovering community. Based in Los Angeles and inspired by real recovery, Valor Fitness lives up to its mission. With one item sold, Valor Fitness donates one item to a homeless shelter or transitional rehab facility. Because Valor Fitness clothing supports Sober Gratitude's mission, everyone can receive a discount when shopping. Use the code GRATITUDE20 at checkout. Also, every guest on my podcast will be graciously given a gift certificate from Valor. We're stronger together when we come together. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Sober Gratitudes. My name is Sarah, and I am the host and creator of this podcast. And I am so grateful you're here with me today. I have a guest again. It's been some time. <laughs> and I'm really excited uh, to have my dear friend Danielle with me today from Instagram account Life on the Fox Drum. And I'll put that spelling in the show notes so you know where to find her. Danielle is um, someone, someone who inspires me, a mother, um, an autism mother, a mother in recovery. And she and I met in in a very social media kind of way. <laughs> Danielle, welcome. Do you want to share how we were connected? Yes. Um, Sarah, thank you so much for having me, first of all. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm so glad to be on here. So yeah. I will explain how we met. It was kind of, you know, divine intervention, I guess, in a lot of ways. But we, I actually started listening to 
Megan Carranza's uh, podcast, uh, Adventures in Autism. And I sort of listened to the recent episodes and then sometimes when there was a lull or a lag in between, I would listen to her older episodes. And this was sort of pretty much in the beginning uh, of August, right when Xander was diagnosed and I was dealing with a lot. So I listened to your episode and I said, wow, her and I sound very similar. And even though this podcast had been recorded probably, what, two, three years ago? Uh, I, I don't remember what the date was, but I listened to it when I was in what I would call active addiction. And then when I became sober, I listened to it again because I wanted to find someone who had a similar experience that I did. And I wanted to see, you know, what life was on the other side. And I've reached out, not, I didn't even reach out to you. I started following you and I found that you had this sober autism parent group on zoom every Tuesday. And I was just thinking, oh my goodness, this is perfect. This is exactly what I've been looking for, exactly what I've been needing is to meet other parents, but other autism parents who are sober, I thought it blew my mind. So I, of course, logged on and you were on there, which of course I was so nervous. I didn't expect you to be on in the group. I thought, well, maybe she just created it and, you know, left it as is because some people do that because their schedules are very busy. And, you know, I really admired you and I was following you for quite some time before I joined into the group. And I, because I felt courageous that night, I guess, but that's when you and I started talking offline because you had reached out to me and you said, where are you from? Who are you? You know, because <laughs> I guess it, the group had just started apparently. And uh, that's how we pretty much met essentially. And from there, it's been just an amazing friendship. And I've been, you know, meeting so many other people along the way, but you were pretty much the foundational person in, in my recovery in meeting you and the inspiration to, you know, part of what I do, what I, what, why I do what I do essentially. I love it. Yeah. We um, met in, in one of those situations where it's like, wow, there are no coincidences. And and I remember when I started the group, it, it was something that I needed like 15 years ago, but nothing like that. I don't know. It didn't exist. And we were such a small, well, I don't know. We're a unique niche. I think we're much bigger, but we're, we're still seeking out more, more members like us, right? Yes. Always so. seeking members. Always. I, I think it's so important to kind of keep it an open space and always talk about it, keep questions out there. I know that there are other sober autism parents out there. I just think they are perhaps shy or mm -hmm. don't know about the group and or are intimidated by the group. Um, but it's just nothing to be intimidated about. Everyone is so wonderful and they all have something different to bring to the table. You know, you have... Yeah. Kenny, who comes on there, you have, I, I won't even name the names because I guess it should be anonymous. So I will not speak any more further about that. 
That's okay. No, we do have, yeah, we have a nice, uh, it's a very intimate group um, at this point and we know each other very well. And I would, you and the other members, I consider close friends. Now we talk, you know, on days and um, nights other than Tuesday night. Uh, and it's, it feels, um, you know, for me, it was, it was wonderful to finally kind of find my people, you know, the people who could really identify. And, you know, one of the members said when I had announced on Twitter, um, and I don't have a Twitter account anymore, but I, I said, oh, I'm starting this group, this sober autism parent community, anyone interested? Join? And then this one member said, oh my gosh, I finally feel seen. And um, Danielle, tell me what, how the group has been helpful for you. The group has been helpful for me because I don't feel so alone. Uh, because for a while here, I felt very isolated in the autism community because, you know, there are the moms that do drink and they're probably normies, uh, as we call them, the people that can drink and can stop at just one. But I, I could never just stop at one. And so eventually I just decided to just stop altogether. Uh, but the group has been very helpful because there's, like I said, everyone has their own advice for me and I seek out the advice and just, we, we, we kind of just unpack what we've been going through, um, at, at our, the highs and the lows, what's been going great, what's been going bad. And what is also wonderful about the group is there is, you know, parents who have children of all ages. So they have, of course, different experiences and can talk about that openly in regards to giving you, I guess it's just giving you a peek into our, how are they older? How are they younger? What's been different? What's changed? Because the thing about autism is it's ever evolving. The the therapies, the treatments, the the community, it's it's always changing. And this is just we're we're in part of, of the evolution of it. And so how are we how are we evolving as parents? But yeah, I mean that is really the greatest thing about the group is just how us understanding everyone is, how welcoming they are, and just we all care about each other and we all want to help each other be the best versions of ourselves. And we're all, we're from all over the country too. And, and that what else is really great as well. It's such an open group. It is. It is. That. And it's not just for sober. If you're sober curious, you can jump on as well. Yes. We welcome that with open arms. Even if you don't feel that, you know, you, you label yourself as a non-drinker or an alcoholic, even if you choose to stop drinking in general because there is a movement of people choosing to not drink at all. They just prefer right. not to. We right. welcome that as well. You don't have to just be in recovery or anything like that. I've, um, I've honestly kind of let go of the word recovery. I've kind of just started saying I, I'm in the healing process mm. of healing my mind and healing my body and absolving myself of, of alcohol. Um, because I've treated it. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to treat it as a poison because that's what it is to me. It's a poison. Yeah. So that's how I deal with it. That's wonderful. And you know, it, 
the it's an inspiration to see people um, like yourself um, and to be a part of a group where we see how we're all uniquely recovering and raising our children with autism and uh, like we really invite anybody who even if they're still if they do drink and they have found that their drinking has escalated as a result of um, not because of but I know for m myself and Danielle I don't know if you can uh, speak to this and identify with this is that you know I I I've been an alcoholic. I was an active alcoholic for a very long time. My listeners know that. And my, how I coped with life was by drinking. And so when autism um, came into my life, I coped with the stresses and the, the um, uncertainties of it by drinking more. So my drinking increased, um, not because, you know, Oh, you know, it was, it was just my, it was my coping mechanism. It, yeah. 100% is whether we are, you know, in sadness or in happiness, it's, it's how we behave when we have alcohol in our, in our lives. Yeah. And I can say from my perspective that since I've, I've given up alcohol, that I've been more present. I can tell I'm more present because I'm seeing things in Xander that I've never seen before. You know, he's, he's starting to really sound out some words because he is non-speaking and he is starting to enjoy things in life that I'd never, I never saw before. And I think I would miss it if I was drinking um, because I'm a, I'm an, a late afternoon night drinker. So that's when I have him of course. And we just have really seen a lot of change in him and it's been positive change progressive change it's never gone backwards thank goodness but a lot of progress it's it's been an incredible experience and I honestly can say because Xander does have issues sleeping at night of course mm -hmm. and when you are drinking your sleep habits very much change and when he would wake up at five six o'clock in the morning and I was of course hung over I would be miserable Mm -hmm. just miserable to be around. Yeah. And I, I was very resentful and I definitely regret that part of my life, but it is a part of my life. It got me here. Yeah. Yeah. It, I think it's interesting um, to acknowledge how, and you spoke to it, you answered my question before I, you must've read my mind. Um, we're so connected <laughs> that I, you know, just the, the change that occurs when, um, and I'll speak as a mother that when, for me, when I stopped drinking, I became much more present with so many things in my life. And most importantly, in my, my children and their development and their needs, uh, all three of them had very different and unique needs. And when I took alcohol out of the equation, I was much, um, I became much more abled to be be present and to see what was going on with them and to to face issues without fear to be able to show up as a parent and you spoke just before um saying that that you that you, you you used to wake up hungover and resentful so so tell me about your typical morning now that you're sober 
and when what what it's like to be a mother a sober mother with xander i can say a typical morning for xander usually starts at five or six and sometimes it's hard for me to get out of bed of course but it's not in the way in which you think it when you're drinking so i wake up not hungover not sick as a dog throwing up i am not shaking sweating feeling you know remorseful angry and anxious because gosh what did i say to my husband last night who uh i wake up excited to start the day especially if the sun's out i literally leap out of bed uh with my son because he will come and wake me up <laughs> and just be ready to start the day and i can proudly say that Xander has never experienced his mother dropping him off at pre-K hungover. He has not ever experienced it. And I hope he never has to. And I'm very, very happy when I wake up. I'm, I definitely enjoy the mornings more than I ever have, for sure. And it's just a wonderful feeling to wake up with no hangover because I don't know how other people dealt with their alcohol if they woke up hungover but I can tell you I was very sick flu-like sick and it was just not enjoyable yeah thank you for sharing that and so Danielle if if maybe we can go backwards a little bit for the listeners to um, understand a little bit more about your active addiction and what that looked like and um then how it you know how it changed once you had Xander um, and if, if you can share with the listeners about that, that I think that would be wonderful. Okay. Well, you know, I will say that I started drinking around when I was 15 years old and I will say that alcohol was never really in the house per se. I grew up, um, my father was an alcoholic and addict as I was growing up. So it was never in the house. My mother was uh, not a drinker. She never drank. She still doesn't drink in the time that I've been alive. Uh, but my father would go out to bars or he would hang out after work and drink. And it was not fun, uh, to kind of have a dad who wasn't very reliable. He was there. He came to my dance recitals. He came to my basketball games, but he was he was drunk and it just felt like he, I knew he wasn't there and he was there, but he wasn't. And there were times in which, you know, my parents would fight. There were times in which my dad would just go out the door and go drinking. If they got into an horrible argument, that's how my dad coped. And it broke my heart. It was awful having to go pick him up at bars with my mom and it was it was embarrassing you know because my father would be so drunk and so when I was 15 and I had my first drink it was kind of like oh this this is what it's all about this is this is really good and I didn't drink every day after that but when the opportunity struck if I was at a party or something I would be drinking and then it just took off from there I was always sort of just drinking in excess whenever I could drink. And I was never an everyday drinker, but 
like I said, the opportunities when they struck, I did get drunk to the point where I would black out, go on autopilot, get fall down drunk. And even up into the point before I got pregnant with Xander, I was like that. And so I you, never, so you were never like a, Oh, I'll just have one drink kind of person. It was like, once you started drinking. Yeah. Once I was, I would turn off the off. Right. There was no off. There was no off button. And I just, I remember so vividly that my friends could have an off button, but I didn't. Mm. And I never noticed it at the time until I stopped drinking that I was just thinking in my past, wow, I really just went for it every time. Mm -hmm. There was no one, two drinks. I can, I can count on my hands how many times I did the one, two drink and that was it. Mm -hmm. Maybe just one hand. And I can say that I had very much what would be alcoholic behaviors. What, you know, the DSM book doesn't really classify, wouldn't classify me as a drunk. But I know for me, I know from my experience and how I felt that I was an alcoholic and I coped with things with alcohol. And when Xander was diagnosed this past August with autism, it kind of solidified it for me. It kind of was like, there's no going back to what he was. He, he, he never changed because we always felt that he was autistic, but when you have that paper, when you have that diagnosis, it, it solidifies it. So I coped the only way I knew how, thinking, of course, the worst that I caused this, that this was because of me mm -hmm. as a mother. We all have that mother's guilt. And my drinking got to the point of rock bottom. I was drinking every day. Yeah. I was sneaking drinks mm -hmm. and I was going to the liquor store after barn duties and stuff like that and getting, you know, a little airplane bottles, mm -hmm. taking shots before I went into the house after yeah. I came home. What was it? Was there something specific that happened or to get, that got you to a place of, I can't do this anymore. I can't drink anymore. Yes. Um, I remember it exactly because we had friends visiting from Virginia because my husband and I lived in Virginia for quite some time and we had friends visiting and my friend, Megan, because it was a couple, Megan and Mitch, but I already asked if I could use her name. So she's fine with me doing that. And she had a conversation with me before they left and she said, I'm very concerned about your drinking. I'm very worried and I think you're going to need to quit. And this is a friend that I hold in high regard. She's someone to be admired. She's someone I look up to in a lot of ways because she's just got so much strength yeah. and wisdom of an old soul that I would never want her to look at me in a different light. And it kind of just clicked into my head mm. after, you know, I, I had a really bad um, day of drinking and I just lashed out at my husband in such a way. It kind of just, everyone stood back because they never saw me do this sort of behavior. And, and that's when I think I realized that 
I'm becoming my father, Hmm. that I don't want to have my son grow up um, being a child of an alcoholic. I don't want, like I said, history to repeat itself. And that's the day I just stopped drinking. The next day I didn't pick up a drink. That was done. Wow. Yeah. Just like that. And it, it is, it is. My mother had always told me, you, you got to curb your drinking, yeah. but you know, I love my mom, but we're never going to listen to our own family. It's, no. it's got somebody who, you know, or within yourself. But like for me, like I said, I just really, really admired Megan yeah. and I, I aspire to be like her in a lot of ways. So I just quit cold Turkey and never look back. Well, congratulations on that. It, that's a, it's a really hard thing to do to go cold turkey and get sober on your own. Um, but you did pretty quickly reach out to get support, namely in the sober autism parent community. But I have to speak to your friend. She sounds like an amazing person, somebody that you know really loves you and cares for you enough to to share what she was observing and. Um, I suspect it sounds like she must have done it in such a loving way that you received it in a way that, um, you know, some people might have just been like, F you. Yeah. She, she said to me, um, I believe it was after like my 90 days, she said, to be honest, I was scared when I first talked to you about it because I thought I was going to lose a friend. And she thought I, I very may well lose Danielle as my friend but it's a risk I was willing to take because you need to, she's like, you need to save your life in a lot of ways. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, shout out to her. I'm super impressed by her just hearing about her because we, a lot of us do just live our lives in fear and fear of offending. But if it's, if it's something like this, or you think you might be saving a person's life and you're, you risk, um, possibly losing that friendship. Um, I think that's a a really, really honorable thing, um, to do. So I tip my hat to her (laughs) and I hope she, she continues to do that, trust her gut and, and speaks to somebody like people who she loves. Um, we need more people like that out there who aren't afraid, who, um, come to us in a loving manner uh, and, it takes courage. It takes yeah. a lot of courage to be that person. Yeah. He was. And of course, I always kept sort of the idea in the back of my head of being a sober autism parent. And I, I would think about your voice and that podcast episode. And I was always just like, I'm going to, I'm going to reach out to her. I'm going to do it. <laughs> of course, I, I was always scared because, you know, you don't meet your heroes and course I met you and and it's been happily ever after ever since but (laughs) you know there is there is some people in the in the you know sober community that do have a tendency to feel holier than thou and you know we know who they are but there are some great sober people some recovering alcoholics who just want to help you want to love you and it's been the best community ever, of course, because we all support each other. I mean, I'll never forget my first meeting and how amazing everyone was 
it was an emotional day, but it was a wonderful day. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been such a gift for me to watch you blossom and watch you enjoy, even though we've never met, you know, we, we Marco Polo all the time. So much so that my iPhone gets really hot. I don't know if yours gets hot. <laughs> we leave each other like really long Marco Polo messages. And no. sometimes like, oh, I have to stop. The last one I sent you, I think I said, I've got to stop this. My phone is on fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just, it, you know, so we have um, Megan Kranza to thank for the friendship that you and I have because, you know, had I not been on her podcast, that was the first podcast I was ever on. And it was, it was to talk about being a, a parent, a mother of two autistic children and what that was like. And I told her, I said, I, I might talk about sobriety. I wasn't sure. And she said, you're welcome to, if you want to. And so I slipped it in at the very end. Right. Um, I, and, that, and I think that was the kicker for me. Cause I'm listening to your story. I'm listening to your story. And then you mentioned that and I'm like, my mind was blown. <laughs> yeah. And that's, um, you know, in that my, my heart was saying that, you know, it, I have to come out because I, I can't be the only one. I can't be the only mother with um, children on the spectrum or any kind of special needs who uses, uh, who used alcohol as a form of coping. And, and um, I know you would agree and you can speak more on this. I would, I, I would love to hear more from you about specifically like how much easier parenting children on the spectrum becomes when we put down the bottle and it's no longer the focus in our lives. Um, you, you know, we're at different places in our uh, sobriety. We're both sober moms, but we're, I have older sons, your son's younger. Um, things are different in the world about knowledge of autism, about parenting children with autism, but specifically um, what have you, what are the biggest changes for you? I don't know if, if I'm, if I'm beating a dead horse here, but I just would really would, love to hear that how parenting has improved for you. My parenting for sure has improved because I get things done a lot faster than I ever did. Mm -hmm. uh, when I get handed a task, I don't lollygag or anything like that because I'm not drinking because I'm not distracted by my next yeah. drink. And the time seems to really stretch a lot longer. Uh, my days are a lot longer because I'm not so focused on having a drink at the end of the day or even midday on the weekends. Mm -hmm. And I just, I always say to people, I said, I feel like I've been sober so much longer than I actually am because yeah. you have so much time. Yeah. You have so much time. Yeah. It's, it's incredible what sobriety has brought me because it hasn't brought me anything horrible. It's only brought me closer to my family. It's brought me closer to my son. It's brought me closer to my husband. It's, it's, it's honestly, it's God's work, you know, and, and um, I'm starting to find what I feel like is my calling. And I just, I feel that much better every day. I, my skin looks better too. My whites of my eyes are so much clearer. It's, 
it's amazing. I, I went and visited a friend this past week and she just said, I cannot stop staring at your skin. It's glowing. You're glowing. And it's, it's amazing to hear that when you're 36 and you know, you're starting to really take self care personally. Yeah. And I, I always say there's been so much better things in sobriety that has happened to me than not. And I'm handling things a lot better. When my aunt passed away in early March, who was my mother's best friend, I was able to be there for my mom and be present with my mother and helping her deal with that. And I'm so grateful that I was sober and am sober for, for instances such as this. In, in time of great sorrow, I was able to be with my mom and not be hungover. I'm more, I'm more dependable than ever. So that's, that's another thing. I mean, yeah. what can I tell you that sobriety has not brought me, um, but just good, good stuff. Oh, I love it. I love hearing about that and sharing about it with the listeners, just reinforcing what um, a lot of people say, um, what happens to them when they get sober, the, the beautiful things that happen for them that have, they can show up for their parents and not make the issue about themselves, but to like you, like you said, you weren't busy being hungover. You weren't b busy thinking about getting um, drunk to deal with, Oh, my mom lost a, You know, this is so hard for me, but it was really, it was her, her pain and you were able to show up. That is so beautiful, Danielle, that you were able to show up for it. She'll never forget that. And I'm sure she, Rick, did she see that? Was she able to see like how much? Oh, yes. She's seen such amazing, amazing progress. And my parents and my father, who is um, in recovery as we, as we speak now, are just amazingly big support systems. And my mom always wants to celebrate these victories every month. She's just, you know, what can we do? What do you want to do today? It's, it's the sober birthday. What do you want to do? Yeah. And I just love it. It's, it's incredible to have such strong parents, but parents who see the difference and celebrate it. Yeah. What has, have you observed with Xander? Do you feel Xander has changed as a result of you becoming a sober mother? Absolutely. He's changed. He's, he is a loving child. He's always been a loving child, but I get so many s'mores smooches, so many hugs. I am his person through and through. He always, it's always mom, you know, and, and he'll come to me for everything over dad right now, which of course like is very cute, but he know he, he has to know he has two parents, but you know, I, I just think it's amazingly sweet that Xander wants to be around me a lot more than ever I think you know he is a self-direct child and he would kind of do his own thing when I was drinking and oh my goodness I I didn't play with him or anything and I regret that fully I wish I would have been more present I'm making up for it now of course but he's definitely made such improvements leaps and bounds He's becoming, you know, such a climber. And before we wouldn't let him climb so much, but now we have to embrace it because this is what he wants to do. If he wants to climb all over the furniture, climb behind the furniture, we have to just be there to make sure he doesn't fall. Right. And 
we just encourage a lot of good things out of him. We, we really try to expand on that. He enjoys music. Okay. I started looking for instruments for him Mm -hmm. and I came across a youth drum kit. Got it. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I feel that had I not been sober, I would have never seen that. Mm-hmm. And he there recognizes that he's he's just getting good things constantly and and we're really honing in on who he's becoming as a person, as a human being, what his interests are. Probably would have never noticed it before. Right. A testament to how we can be more present and how we see things in our children, um, their their struggles, but also what they are moving towards in terms of things that they really enjoy. And I can't help but share if, if, uh, with the listeners about how, you know, I have known you from pretty much the beginning when you, mm-hmm. when you got sober and, the, and how I witnessing um, through Marco Polo and FaceTiming and just seeing Xander right there with you. Um, I suspect he feels really safe with you and perhaps is the reason why he's your, you're, you're the, the Pied Piper there. <laughs> yeah. Fo- follows you around. And it's true. He, he is, he is my sidekick, my buddy, my bestie. That's what I always say to him. And Aww. he's just, he's a, he's a wonderful person. And he, he's, he is the true inspiration mm-hmm. and the true reason that I saved my own life from destruction. Yeah what do you feel like now? Like when you think about his autism, uh, are your thoughts different? I definitely feel much better. And if not, he recently got a diagnosis um, with his genetics that he has a neurological uh, genetic disorder called FOXP1. That's why my Instagram handle is life on the Foxstrom that actually causes a global developmental delay. Okay. And of course they have to categorize that in such a way where they put it under the autism umbrella because it's a lot of signs and symptoms and it does is known to cause hyperactivity and autism. And of course with the global development delays it has a focus concentration and where he will struggle mostly with his language expressive language Mm -hmm. he's able to understand a lot more than he's able to say and that of course he's not speaking so it makes very much sense but hearing that that it happened at conception and there was nothing we could have done to change it Mm -hmm. was a relief off my shoulders you know i can't even tell you the sense of it, it just felt as if the bricks that were on my shoulders were immediately lifted Mm -hmm. because I had still kind of thought in the back of my head, what if it was this? What if it was that? What if I, you know, somehow in utero caused this in one way, they're going to find something, but it wasn't anything like that. And I wasn't the root of the cause for him being autistic. And truly now I wish that I didn't mourn the, the diagnosis as much as I did because him being autistic is who he is. And I absolutely love the person that he is. I don't think I would change it Mm -hmm. because he's changed me. Right. 
I think and it's about, yeah, I, I have to just say on, on your behalf that I think it's a very, well, from my experience and knowing other parents who have autistic children, I think it's a very normal thing to do to kind of mourn or grieve the child you thought you might have had. Um, and both my husband and I went through that. Um, and it wasn't like mourning like or grieving, oh, we, we've been cursed by this child with autism. No, not at all. It's, um, it's, hard to it's hard to articulate really what the experience is like to have a child with autism. Um, and, and I think if a parent feels they need to go through a grieving period, I, I think that, and if they can't really even explain what it is exactly they're grieving, um, right. I think that that's necessary in order to, you know, to, to get through it and then just to accept, I, and I accept it and then, yeah. yeah, I definitely can, can agree with that everyone's going to react in a different way yeah. and you know whether you grieve it or you don't I just know looking back for me um would I have reacted differently if I was sober there would have been an extreme possibility mm -hmm. and for me like I said I wish I didn't just stay so much in ego and in grief for as long as I did you know basically a month was far too long for me. Yeah. But you're, you're here now and, and he's still yeah. so little it, and, and it's, and while I say that, I have to also say it's never too late to get sober. Um, we have members of the sober autism parent community who are getting sober and their children are adults. Right. Um, so, and, and I think you'd agree that we're, you know, we're observing positive changes as a result of that. Um, and so it's never too late to get sober if you no. think you need to um, in order to be a better parent for your child with special needs or without special needs. Um, and you're really just, Danielle, I, I've been, it's been a joy to watch you blossom, like I said before, and see you so passionate and motivated to, to, to do whatever it takes to one, stay sober, but also to be um, the best kind of parent possible for Xander. And I see the love just coming from you to him. It's so palpable and he clearly feels it, you know, <laughs> as he right. follows you around <laughs> to the house and you, he runs around your, um, your property. Um, it's just such a wonderful thing to, to see and I hope people who are listening, I, I guess what, um, I want to give you the opportunity to say what you feel is important to share with listeners who are either in um, active addiction or just getting a diagnosis or there's something that's on your heart that you feel is in, important to share from your experience. Oh my goodness. I, I always feel like I'm full of wisdom, but when it comes down to it it's like what, what do I know because I'm so early in sobriety and and I'm so early in this diagnosis but I I would say that you know you definitely have to look inward for sure at yourself and say you know am I doing all the right things am I doing everything I can do in my heart 
to help my child. You know, and if you're questioning that, I would say, you know, figure out a way to, to just help your child be the best version of themselves. And second, I would, I would definitely say for anyone who just questions themselves in, in their drinking or anything such as that, if, if you realize, you know, these mommy wine type clubs or anything like that are not going so hot, maybe just try out some sobriety. If you're sober curious, I'm always open to questions and I definitely support anybody who wants to become sober. Um, I can't say enough how life-changing it's been, but I know it takes a lot to get here. And, and I'm always open for discussion. That's another thing is, you know, you have to be very, very willing to kind of put yourself out there and be vulnerable to help others. And I feel that's what I've been doing. And like I said, I'm still navigating this. I, I can't, I can't speak on any advice except, you know, just, you, you got to keep going. You got to keep going. You can't stay stagnant um, because our children need us and they need us to be our best all, at least all the time, as much as we can be and take care of yourself. Yes. Self-care. What you, what you decided to do was a huge act of self-care and also um, an act of complete selflessness because you had Xander in mind and he has a, he has a mother who can be present and aware of his needs and he can feel safe and loved. And, and I've seen that. And now, now I'm seeing you, you know, one being on this podcast to share your, share your experiences to give people hope. And then also I know that you've had women reach out to you on your social media account, you know, helping others and connecting with other women who have similar experiences or questioning their drinking or wondering about if their child is, is autistic or not. Um, you've been, you've been, you've been really coming into a place of passionate help, like desire to help other people. And, sure. and I see that, I see that. And it's, it's, um, it's a way to keep you sober. It's also in it, but it's really a, a way to, um, to help others, you know, you're connecting with other people, you're opening yourself up. I'm seeing that happen. And it's just, it's such a joy to see because you are, you're, you, you've changed so much since I first met you. And it, it's been such a joy to see you blossom and you're an incredible mother. And thank you. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's something to be said that I felt so alone for quite some time that when I finally discovered the group, it just opened the doors for me. So I didn't feel like I was on my own Island Yeah, and it's, it's really just sobriety has been the greatest gift of my life um, to myself and to others. And I, and I can say that with knowing that it was, you know, I'm God's gift. I'm not, I'm just saying it was a gift to others in regards to, you know, my mother knowing about that I'm being healthy mm -hmm. and just to Xander being the best mom I can be. And, and just like I said, I, I, 
I love people who reach out to me who have questions and I always am open to helping others. I encourage it. I'm always a cheerleader. I feel like when it comes to people in early sobriety, I'm like, yes, yes, you've got this. You can do this. I swear you may be rough at first, but you're going to get through it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just something to, to keep in mind, you know? And you, I mean, you have, you're young and yes, you're air quotes, newly sober, but like you said, you've haven't been drinking or thinking about drinking or busy being hung over um, since you got sober. So it really has been a huge amount of time where you've experienced life as a sober mom and as a sober woman and seen the benefits of it. And now you're at a place of, you have so much energy. I see it, the, the, this enthusiasm, this energy to connect with others and to make people aware of this group that we have going that is so helpful. And, um, and I know there's more of us out there. Um, we're a unique niche, but I think there's a lot who are not, um, coming who don't forward. know about it. Yeah. Who don't yeah, know about us and yeah. And, yeah. um, you can find out about this zoom group through either myself or through Danielle, um, who is yes, a huge cheerleader for the group. Um, She's I'm always them. looking to recruit people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love new people. If there's anything I love, it's to meet new people and have great conversation. And you are such an easy person to talk with because you're so kind and you're so compassionate and loving and you don't, you don't come, you don't present as a judgmental person, you know, on the contrary, you're, you're very understanding and um, open-minded and, willing to, to take the time to help others. And you get to do that while you are an awesome mother to Xander. And, um, I just love, I, I just love to be a witness to it all and excited for you and your future and Xander's future. Mm -hmm. So that's so. what excites me most of all is, is Xander's future and just being able to be there and be present the whole darn time. Yeah. Aww. That's great. And it, again, it's never too late to get to, to choose sobriety. It's never too late. Um, and never too early. <laughs> never too early either. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone has, you know, their time, you know, for you, you had your unique experience that it kind of like turned the switch, like, wait a minute here. And, and for others, I know it can be a struggle. You know, there's relapse, there's, you know, in and out of, programs, there's, um, it's hard to get sober. Uh, some it's easier to just, you know, cut that completely. Right. Um, but usually like in most experiences like yours, you reached out for help and you joined that our group. Yeah. Cause our, you can't do this group. alone. No. You can't do it alone. No, no way. Can't. can't do it alone. So we've talked for so long and I feel like we barely scratched the surface. So perhaps we can, you know, <laughs> leave it open to having yeah. another, um, another time where you come on and we talk about other things that, you know, if people want to comment on this particular episode or have questions, you know, please reach out to us, sobergratitudes at gmail.com. You can, you can talk with me. Uh, Sarah or Danielle at 
life on the fox drum. It's life on the fox drum, S-T-R-U-M. And I'll put it in the show notes. I'll put it on the Instagram, on my Instagram account, which is at sober underscore gratitudes. And there, there you will find resources and support and privacy. You know, there's, I think it's hard for some, I know it's hard. (laughs) I know. (laughs) We know (laughs) how hard it is to. You can either be private or not. And I just, I have to be out loud about it because that's, it's a choice and that's the choice I've made. And there's no going back. Yeah. But in the beginning, I'm saying like, it's hard to come, you know, to really, there's a lot of shame that's connected with it. And, and, um, you know, now you and I know that that's something that we kind of grow out of, right? It's just, yeah, it's a life and death. Alcoholic alcoholism is not a bad word. It's not. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Danielle, thank you so much for coming on the show today. and for having me. This has been a great way to talk with you. We haven't talked in a little bit, so now I get my Sarah fill. So thank you so much. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Well, what do you have planned today? Will, will you be um, on the tractor riding around <laughs> on the Xander? <laughs> um, today we will be if it doesn't rain. But um, today is my eight-month uh, sober anniversary. Congratulations. So, yes, my mom and I are going out to breakfast to celebrate because we always got to find something to do on the day of, of my anniversary, which is May, it's just the 7th. So every that's day, awesome. every day, every month on the seventh, we okay. do something. So that's what we have plans. I'm, I'm just going to try to enjoy the day the best way I know how. And that's with, you know, great food, great conversation and, and my child. And do you go to the same place every time to eat? Sometimes we go to different places, but today's is, is one of my, one of my favorite places in Syracuse. Um, I'll, I'll plug them to rise and shine diner. It's just great, great hospitality, great food. And just I, I can't say enough about that place. So it awesome. is one of my all-time faves. And what's what? What do you think you're going to get? Or do you get the same thing, or it's something different every time? Usually, some sort of Benedict, eggs Benedict. Oh. Someone, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a classic girl, you know. I love I love me a good Benny. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I love you. You're so awesome. <laughs> okay, well, enjoy this special day. It's it is okay. wonderful to you know to celebrate it because, um, it's a hard thing to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. I appreciate it. And thank you so much for having me once again. Of course. And we'll, and we'll get you on again soon. Sounds good. The many layers of, of Danielle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll just see where follow up and see where you're at, where Xander's at. So yeah. Terrific. Well, enjoy the day. Enjoy your Benny. Yes. Sounds good. <laughs> Okay. Thank you so much. All right. Bye. All right. Bye. Well, that's a wrap on this episode. Thank you to my guest and all of you for listening. I hope what you heard inspires you to look for and recognize the gifts of sobriety. Sober Gratitudes, a podcast dedicated to delivering messages of hope through true stories of recovery. A sober life is possible if you truly want it.